Hello and welcome to the 48th episode of the Modern Maker podcast. My name is Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern and I'm joined by Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds and Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture. And today is National Day Before Ben's Birthday, although by the time this is uh, posted... Um, National day two days after? Yes. Wait, uh, one or two days? Today, so we'll be back. Okay, so the recovery day is over. You're back to normal at this point. Yeah. So, Chris, is there some other crappier holiday that's this today? <laughs> there is, and it's much worse. It's Vesuvius Day, as in the volcano that erupted and killed lots of people in Pompeii. Yeah, I know. That, uh-huh. It seems like a bit morbid, right? Like, because that. Hey. A lot of people died. Still deserves a day, I guess. I guess so. A lot you, of people uh, died, but they were prefer- they were preserved really well. Yes, that's true. Yeah, they were. What are you guys uh, working on? <laughs> Chris, go for it. Um, so I put out the leather stool video this past weekend. Um, going. Saw that, liked it. The the webbing, I actually liked the way the webbing looked. How you could see it like embossed within the leather. It almost yeah. made me want to crisscross something in there and do like a whole textured pattern. Like, yeah, it was kind of cool. Two layers. And that's what we were worried, like, oh, is this going to show through when we were putting it together? So we said, well, let's just make sure we, like, evenly space it real nice so that if it does show through, it's just kind of a texture. So, yeah, I think it looks cool. It adds a little extra dimension to it. Or it's really cool, yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was really neat. Um, so the nylon webbing, though, super strong. Like, sitting on the bench was no problem. Yeah, I mean, I sat on it. I bounced around. I put my legs up. It doesn't seem to have any give at all, so... I'm assuming it's strong. I mean, granted, I only weigh about 170 pounds, so I'm not putting it through the ringer that hard, but it held me. No, it, lo- it looked really cool. And it's one of those things where it, I think you've done some things that are more significant design-wise, but that's like a project where I'm like, oh, that makes me want to make something because it's like it's experimenting with a different technique. And I was like, ah, I could take that webbing and leather mm-hmm. technique. Uh, I might do something to roll or fold a piece of leather over the edges too or cut the leather so you can have a a rounded fold over so you don't see the side-by-side cut seams yeah and it 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 triggered a lot of ideas in me yeah i think it was one of those ones i mean i I kept it a more basic i guess from a design perspective but it was just you know about trying out the new material honestly i had no idea if i was just like totally going to flop on it and it wasn't going to work at it all so i wanted to keep it kind of simple for the first try but it definitely built up the confidence so that now next time i can start playing a little bit digging a little deeper i guess how was it having some extra hands in the shop to help? It was nice, man. It was fun. You know, it's it can get lonely out in the shop from time to time, so it was cool <laughs> to have people over. The only so it was all on the weekend pretty much that we did it. And so my son, he gets like super excited whenever anybody's over. So he was just like coming out there the whole time like, "Let's go do this. Let's go do that." And uh, I don't remember if I'd mentioned it before, but like Evan brought his drone and like we played Mario Kart. So we had to take a bunch of breaks to do other stuff to keep the kid from going too crazy but it was fun cool awesome. so other than that then remember last week i started talking about uh the murphy dog bed so i built that this past weekend and it was cool because it's actually like a large project i turned it out it, what i ended up doing was making it kind of modular so it's the murphy bed piece and then it's three drawers in another box that sit next to it that are it's the box is the same size and then two kind of like end cap triangular shelf pieces so even though it's big, like it was funny because just like plywood, screw, 
screw and glue. So like, I don't know, you could just like knock it out real quick. So within the two days, I pretty much did everything I needed to do for it. The only thing I've left to do is just paint and finish it. That's actually a really good idea. Like, cause like dog beds are kind of gross looking. And if you're having guests <laughs> over, like being able to like just kick it up and fold it up to the wall is actually like a pretty good functionality to, to add to it. Yeah, so that was kind of my thinking was making it modular because I know that these things can be eyesores. So the way that it is right now, it's not too bad. Like you could easily use it as a entertainment unit or something like that. And then if you ever didn't want to use it as a dog bed anymore, you could use the other three pieces as just sort of little drawer and display area. I think in general, that's like a good design place to, to target is anything that's sort of an eyesore that gets used frequently. Mm-hmm. Those are like the the types of devices that are, are really prime for sort of Murphy or fold up kind of hidden, hidden uh, applications. Mike, what are you working on? Well, I just got done finishing my dog bed. Um, what the? Me and Chris had a moment of like some weird parallel thinking to where we both had plans to build a dog bed on the same weekend. It's a dog days of summer, right? We didn't even talk about it until like last episode of the podcast. Um, but yeah, I just built a really simple mid-century inspired dog house. It's got some really cool uh, legs. That was what I was really excited about was the base. Everything I've been building for the past few weeks seemed to have tapered legs in some way or another. And I just wanted to get around that because I know they're somewhat intimidating to people, uh, especially, I guess, if you're building them for the first time. So I wanted to try some really square blocky legs and fit those into a more mid-century aesthetic. And I think I was able to do it pretty well. And yeah, mine, unfortunately, does not hide the ugly dog bed. Mine is just... uh, Relying on, on the display. fact that the, the people with the dog hopefully wash the bed enough. Yeah, just have yeah. to get uh, fresh dog linens. Yeah, exactly. It was funny in your video when you put <laughs> the dog sheets. in it, it looked like you like threw the little dog on the bed. Dude, I'm telling you right now, the amount of outtakes I have for that video. <laughs> Dude, work, working with animals and children in video is very difficult. Yeah, it's not easy, but it was worth it. it. Believe it or not, though, I did not throw the dog into the video. He was just, it was Jumping. me just like, Jasper, get in the bed, get in the bed, get in the bed, buddy. <laughs> I tried to make it sound as tempting as possible, and I got him excited enough to, that he just hopped in there. And thank God I was, I was, I was running the little skateboard camera dolly at the same time. Oh, nice. So I'm over here. I got the dog about three or four feet away from me. I can't like reach him to kind of like nudge him towards the bed at all because I'm trying to also run the run the camera at the same time. So mm-hmm. I can only imagine like how dumb I looked at the time because I'm sitting here like with a camera on a skateboard trying to run it and then yelling at my dog. Not yelling at my dog, but y- you know, trying to get my dog to jump him. on a dog bed at the same time. So it was challenging i guess there you go ben what do you got going so i've been doing a lot of stuff uh i today uh which is a few days before the podcast will air uh we installed a shed which i'm using as a workshop uh at my parents house in california and it's actually a really cool project we're building a solar powered workshop so it's about a 10 by 12 uh thing it has really nice sort of uh, double doors, like shotgun style on either side. So it gets a lot of airflow. We're putting in a ceiling f- uh, fan and I'm basically building it as like a mini sort of content studio slash workshop um, that I can use when I'm out traveling around in uh, California. And the, the coolest part is that it's all going to be solar powered. So uh, we got the shed built today. Uh, it was really interesting seeing this whole prefabricated building come together. It's a pretty substantial 
building. It's like 10 feet tall, 10 feet by 12. And uh, we did it all in like three and a half hours. So Tough Shed has this really cool system of like panelized walls that come together mm-hmm. and uh, super fast. That and I've been digging out this massive walnut stump and root ball that's in my parents' backyard. I know. Uh, I've been seeing you do that on your Instagram, and I am so one. I just want to see what it looks like once it, is, it gets chopped it looks into like it. A giant dinosaur bone. <laughs> like it's it's huge. It does. Yeah. Just so one, what? Is, like, what's the plan with that thing? Uh, I don't know yet because it's like I got to see how solid it is because the. The roots are weird. Like we, we cut the tree down a couple years ago and sliced up the, the branches and most of the trunk for, you know, walnut slabs, uh, yeah. which, which, we, which we kiln dried and uh, those are stored really nicely. But we slowly have been digging out the chunks of root because one, we want to get them out of the yard because uh, walnut trees, I guess they change the acidity or something of the soil and they can be really hard on other plants. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, they say that like walnut mulch in your flower beds will like kill yeah. your flowers or stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's something like that. So we're pulling out all the roots and the roots, some of the roots are like, you know, 18 inches in diameter. And so I kind of want to cut some of them open and see if th- there's actually like millable wood in there. Um, so we just pulled out or just dug out. Uh, every time I've been visiting my parents over the last few years, I dig out like another like three wheelbarrows full of dirt around this like huge p- piece of root (laughs) and like it's finally this time i'm like okay this time this visit i'm digging all the way under and you know digging's brutal um so dug it all the way out uh whipped out the sort of uh electric chainsaw sliced it off from the from the stump and then this like 400 pound big gnarly piece of walnut just like dropped to the bottom of the hole and so now i got to get a get a truck and drag it out of the hole uh it's a little (laughs) heavier than i thought so a lot, of, a lot of big things to, to, to work on, but the, the solar-powered workshop is going to be my focus for the next, like, two weeks or so. That's awesome. So it's going to have panels and, like, a battery bank and all that? Yep. So I got a, uh, a guy named Jason Andrade's coming down from, uh, uh, like, Northern California, and he's an expert in doing sort of off-the-grid solar systems, and he specced out all the sort of components I need. I got the solar panels from Home Depot. I actually didn't know that Home Depot sold solar panels, but they have like these little kits for about like a like about eleven hundred bucks. You can get like the solar, everything you need except the batteries. Um, oh, okay. So I got a couple of those, and uh, yeah, gonna have a totally off the grid solar powered workshop. That's exciting. Yeah, That's should really be pretty cool. dope. Yeah, so that shed almost inspired the uh, the show topic for today, which is shortcuts. <laughs> and I know it's like a really roundabout way, but I saw your Instagram story and we were talking about, you know, what what should we talk about today? And the whole idea of like the tough shed is this like built in an afternoon. That's crazy. That's like the shortcut to a super awesome workshop that that's like in a day. And then there's also a bunch of other shortcuts that I'm sure all of us have independently when we work, whether it's in making or making videos. Um, so I guess I'll just start it off with like a quick little shortcut I have that I use all the time that is one of the most useful things that I've started doing lately is using my pocket hole jig mm-hmm. to recess screws. That way I can put things together instead of waiting for glue to dry. And then because the pocket hole drill bit, man, that's a tongue twister, <laughs> is a 3 8 inch bit. I can just get a 3 8 inch dowel and then oh, nice. plug the end of that hole. Ah. And it makes it look like through dowel joinery. It makes it look really classy, 
but it's the fastest way I can think to put anything together because it's just glue and screws. That's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty so, good. Yeah, so I thought maybe we could go around and talk about some of the some of the shortcuts that we've maybe found randomly or things we figured out, you know, maybe not so randomly uh, <laughs> to make our lives easier. Maybe some people will dig it. Here's a real quick one. And this, okay. this only really applies to if you're making videos, but one coat of finish before you <laughs> yeah. finish the video. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do two coats if I've got uh, polycrylic, but I love oil finishes, man. It's the best stuff in the world. Yeah, I yeah. almost always do just like one quick coat of finish so that I can get the video finished, and then I'll just come back when I have downtime and do more finishing. But I used to spend so much time finishing, like, you know, it'd be put a coat on, wait a day, put a coat on. Like, it was like, you know, a, a many-day process, and now it's just like, all right, well, it's going to look the same no matter how many coats I do or it's going to look the same on video at least, so that's right. good enough. Yeah, I've never had a lot of experience with coats that have to take a full day or something like that to dry. I know General Finishes makes the armor seal. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Is that what you used to use a lot? I use that and then that BioShield stuff. That's pretty much the two that I, that I use for the most part. So what do you use now? Those two. Yeah. Oh, you just so, do one coat though? Yeah, I okay. just do one coat and then I just come back later and, and do more. Got you. I dig it. Ben, you got one? Yeah, I, I got a few. I mean, one of the ones that I've done, it's, it's not so much a shortcut for time, but it was, it was more a necessity and, and stuff like that, but I guess it does save time, is I would really take advantage of the panel saw at Home Depot whenever I was getting sheet goods. Yeah. Is I, would, I wouldn't just go get a, a sheet of plywood, because a sheet of plywood, if you're by yourself, unless you have like really long salimony arms, like it's like kind of <laughs> hard to carry. <laughs> um, like they have those little like extension holder things, which make it easier. But I always forget to bring that with me to, like the yeah, store. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so one of the things that actually makes everything so much easier, especially if you have a workshop that's like small or like you know up up or downstairs, is to have have the sheet goods cut at at the store that you buy them in. Have them ripped down, even if it's just ripping like a foot off the end or ripping it, you know, to a two foot by eight foot wide boards makes mm -hmm. it way easier to carry it. And I find that it's not so much a shortcut because you could do it at home or you could even bring your, uh, your, you know, your circular saw and do it in the parking lot, especially if you use like battery powered circular saws like me and Mike do. It's also right. just, I would find that the step that would often annoy me and like put me in a bad mood would be like carrying something big and awkward and just like it bangs around and like <laughs> drops on your finger and then you're annoyed, yeah. it slips out of your hand, you get a splinter and you just sort of lose a little bit of like that flow or that momentum and just doing those little things where it just sets all the other steps up from being less awkward and less, you know, back breaking. I find that 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 ends up speeding me through the whole project because it like it takes away those sort of annoying things. Yeah, that's a good one. Chris, you use those. Are they like suction cups? Yeah. Are you talking about the thing I carry plywood with? Yeah, I've seen you use them yeah, a couple it's times. Called, I want to say, I always want to say maybe Gorilla Gripper. I think it's called a Gorilla Gripper. And it's basically just like a little hinged kind of rubber pad thing. So it's just like friction that's holding it. Oh, okay. But basically, as you lift it, it kind of clamps down on the piece. And because it's like soft rubber, it doesn't, mar up the finish at all and yeah then you can just kind of like you know tuck your arm tight on your shoulder and then ju basically just lift with your legs right on and carry the whole sheet it's funny actually going back to ben's point that's kind of something that's like a long cut and a short cut at the same time is before i had a truck i would always go to the lumber yard and get them to cut down the piece just because i couldn't 
I had to fit it in my car. So I would just like, you know, very strategically be like, okay, leave this like two inches oversized. And it made it quicker when I then got home and had to start breaking it down and not having to worry about carrying a whole sheet and storing it and all that. But now having a truck, just getting more material than you need, like in a macro way, that's a good shortcut. You know, if I know I need two pieces of plywood for a project, I'll just get four and then just throw them in the back of my garage. I just kind of made like a little area against the wall where they're out of the way. And then just if you save that one time of not having to go to the lumber yard, that's such a huge advantage. Oh, you're so you're so right. I did the same thing with the last project I built out of walnut. I can't remember what it was now. Um, Dog bed. No, 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 no. That's the one I'm talking about that it was that it was like the shortcut for. But whatever I built out of walnut before that, um, I bought uh, like four or five extra big boards yeah. while I was there because it is about a 40 minute drive one way and back to get lumber for me uh, if I want to get walnut or maple or anything like that. So whenever I was there, I bought some extra and I didn't even have to go to the store for anything for that project, which was awesome. I was able to knock knock it out in like a day and a little bit of extra time. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing lately is every time I go, I'll also look at the hardwood just to see, because that's so random, like if there's going to be good pieces there or not. So if there's good, if there's a good piece there, I'll just buy it. Just thinking like, eh, I'll use it at some point. That's a, that's a good segue to another shortcut in videos that I've been doing lately is I don't show any of the quote unquote, because I don't actually mill the wood when mm-hmm. I use hardwood because I don't have a joiner and all that kind of stuff. But I don't put any of that in my videos anymore. Okay, so even if like you end up planing it, you don't show that? Nope. I just say it's a it's a walnut one by eight now, or it's a walnut one by six, because yeah. what's the point anymore? Everyone's right. seen me rip a straight edge on a piece of walnut. I can put it in there occasionally now, I think, just to reinforce like this is how you do it for someone that's never seen it before. You know, it's funny. So- I realized it takes off like 30 seconds from the beginning of my videos. (laughs) That is just, that's the same thing for every video I use walnut in. So I'm just cutting it out. I'm just going to call it a a walnut one by six. It's also more relatable too. Because I say, you know, I'm using a a walnut one by six or a walnut one by eight. You can use pine or oak or whatever. That way, if someone's going to Home Depot and they don't have walnut, they can be like, oh, Mike used a one by eight. Here's one by eights. You know know what? There was a time that I didn't do this, but I've thought about doing it. And I don't know, maybe I still will go back and do it. But I thought, you know, every video I show kind of like the same shots of me milling stuff. And it's basically the same thing over and over, like you were saying. Exactly. Yeah. Why don't I like just spend a day just getting like really awesome shots of me milling stuff and then just insert them into any video? It's just kind of like plug and play little slow-mos, like the killer, like, yes. You know, I am going to do that at least for like close-up stuff. And then I'll just get a far away establishing shot. You didn't hear this, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, (laughs) it's all real. You just got a big when I'm like 50 years old. It's still me as a youngster milling. Well, it's funny because you're basically talking about modular media production, right? In addition to sort of modular making techniques, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, a lot of people use intros that they shot once for all their their videos, right? We try to batch graphics and those kind of things for other things. Um, No, now that I got a welder, I've been thinking about hmm. Maybe I'll just go and spend like one weekend welding like 10 different types of table and bench legs, right? Because I get the welder out, I get it set up, I get a whole bunch of steel, and I just spend all day welding, and then I save those clips of video, and then I have a whole bunch of like hairpin style legs for whenever I want to make tables or stuff like that 
for them. And I just got to save those, those things. Um, yeah, that's a cool idea. Cause then you're kind of in the brain space of coming up with new leg ideas all at the same time. So I bet you're able to kind of feed off of what you just welded to make it, to make another one. And you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah kind of get into a zone with it and make some really cool. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like meal prep, right? Like yeah. <laughs> that idea that, that people like they'll cook like a whole bunch of, of their meals for the week on like Sunday night. Uh, and so that like the first three days of the week, they don't have to do any food prep. It's all like containerized and then there, and they get like a really efficient start to the week, you know, with minimal time for self maintenance. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think things like that are interesting too. I also like them. I like those kind of ideas of batching for like CNC projects or 3d printing projects or things so that you can get some momentum, but you know, setting up the machine, calibrating it, remembering the sort of flow process for it batch out five or six projects and uh and then publish them or finish them uh when ready but i think that's a, a way to, to certainly be a little bit more efficient yeah i think that and even if you know this is obviously for people who are working on multiple projects or know that they're going to have a bunch of stuff coming up but even if you're working on just one project and this just kind of comes with experience and like you know, figuring out more about yourself and how you work and the order that you need to do things in. But you know how they always say that like you can save so much time if at the beginning of your day, you just kind of make a little checklist of things you have to do. I think you can do that with a project as well so that you save going to a machine, setting it up, doing something and then going away from it and then realizing like, oh shoot, I still have to do that again on this machine. So like for me, something is like the dado blade, you know, taking the, putting the dado blade on and then getting it back off. That's like 10 minutes right there. If I could just say, here's all my data cuts that I'm going to need to do and just like hold off for as long as I can until I get to that point and then do them all in one shot. That saves you a lot of time as you add up, like every time you're switching machines within a project. Yeah, that's a good one. I do the same thing because I wheel all my tools in front of my like build wall, quote unquote. That's what yeah. I'm going to call it now. And I do a many, as many miter saw cuts as I can. And then as many table saw cuts as I can with each tool individually, then Obviously, I splice up my footage to where it's, you know, makes sense chronologically on how you would build it, but I don't always build things super chronologically. Hey, Mike, you should make your video wall a green screen so that every episode you can Ooh. be in, a, you can be like on the moon and then in Hawaii. New shop idea. In That's front it. of the Eiffel Tower. I just need a, on a what do you coaster? call those, like a, like what you used to have in school when the teacher would like roll down the map, just have, uh, yeah, have that be a screen. green screen. Yeah. yeah. I should just have that be a green screen behind my workbench. <laughs> That'd be freaking be ready to go. sweet. I like it. I like it. I think the other thing too with like shortcuts is they're going to be different for different people. Like uh, if you have like if you have a huge industrial space because you live in the middle of nowhere and like real estate's like nothing, then your shortcuts mm -hmm. could be ones where you waste space, but by wasting space you improve time productivity, right? Because right. you can do like you can have like ten glue ups going at a time, so you can just keep doing the glue ups, right? Or efficiency and shortcuts if you only have a few clamps might be different than if you have a lot of clamps if you have a lot of clamps you can do all your glue ups at once uh if you don't then you might have to use some hidden screws to hold it together so you can switch the clamps over right and, and move on to the next one so i think it's it's when you're looking for sort of shortcuts or ways to sort of speed up productivity it's important to look at like where you have sort of like more than a usual amount of assets and then build off your efficiencies off of like really exploiting those and 
letting yourself perhaps even be a little bit wasteful with the thing you have an abundance of. Yeah, it's funny. Sometimes, you know, people ask the question like, oh, if you could have your dream shop, what would you put in it? And honestly, I'm I'm pretty happy with the stable of tools that I have. I mean, there's a few things I'd like to add, but I feel like I can do most of what I want to do with what I have. But if I had just like unlimited money and unlimited space, the thing that I would actually want to do is have like four different table saws. So I'd have one that's set up for, you know, 90 degree blade ripping, one set up for dados, one set up for my having the blade tilted, did, one for You'd have that Frank Howarth shop. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have like his shop. That on shop steroids. is awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Really I nice. mean, I, I mean, on a smaller scale, I do that with like a. When I when I first started doing this like two and a half three years ago, I really didn't know what like an impact driver was. Like mm-hmm. I knew what a drill was. I'm like, what's this impact driver? It's just redundant to a drill. But now I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, yeah, having mm-hmm. both an impact driver and a drill for like pre-drilling holes and not having to switch out bits. Yeah. Oh, that's one of the best. Yeah. That's one of the best shortcuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just like a two gun rig, you know, just like, you know, pre-drilling and then driving screws. It, it saves so much time. It just makes it, it's just less annoying too. Yeah. I actually kind of do the same thing with routers and it's funny cause I don't use routers that often, but I have like my one main router that I switch out bits on. I have my little palm router that I use for flesh trimming. I have a router that I just keep in the router table for when I need to use that. And I just like pretty much leave a <laughs> round over bit on it. And actually now I have another one for the CNC machine. So now I have wow. four routers and I don't even route. Oh, how's the CNC <laughs> machine coming? Have you so, have it set up? I, so I took the other one apart and then it was funny. I, I had seen that it was going to be a two week delay until it got delivered, but then it ended up coming last week. But for now it's just in a spare bedroom. I haven't even had a chance to start putting it together yet. So I'll probably do that maybe later this weekend or next week, probably. Or actually I might start this week, just kind of like a couple hours here and there in the evenings. Do you have your first project planned out for it? Um, kind of, I think what I might do is a, a like side table that's based off of the, um, the coffee tables that I used to sell that were flat packed, they were all cut on CNC. So I was thinking it, those were a little bit too big to cut inside of this machine. But, um, I was thinking maybe I could just design like a, a side table version or something that uses the same kind of like the way that it goes together and everything. Yeah. And then sell them, sell one to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, thanks. I'm good. No, five bucks. (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, do, do you guys have any extra shortcuts you guys wanted to mention? I don't know, but if any You're of the good. users have good shortcuts out there, send us, uh, tell us what your best shop and uh, woodworking and shortcuts are. Start, awesome, a, yeah. start a thread on the Reddit, on the Ooh, subreddit. Yes. Let's okay. get that crack Chris, it. go for it. That's the perfect opportunity for it. Okay, Love I'm going to start one and then people can contribute to it and we'll vote up the best shortcuts. Okay, tell people what to do and how to do it for if they're not familiar with Reddit. Just go. I think the easiest way is if you just go to Reddit and then there's a little search box. Just type in Modern Maker Podcast and we'll come mm-hmm. up. Okay, awesome. And then just click the thread and start commenting. Yeah, and if you never used Reddit before, at first you're going to be kind of turned off by the way. It looks like it's like 1997 yeah it looks like the internet 1.0 but once you get used to it it's fine and actually the mobile app is a lot more modern looking so if you're more used to modern looking things like the modern maker podcast then uh use the app (laughs) awesome cool well shoot us some uh some ideas on our reddit chris do we have any uh fan i i don't know fan question is always weird do we have any listener questions we do that we we need to go through we got a couple here this one kind of blends in with the topic for today so it comes in from daniel broyer and he says it's very short he says corded or cordless power tools do you guys have a preference it's 
If you would have asked me uh, two years ago, I would have said corded 100%. But mm-hmm. now, in the last two years, battery-powered tools have gotten so much better. With the li- lithium-ion batteries? Yeah, I'm getting rid of my uh, corded uh, compound miter saw because I have this new brushless one. It actually uses two of the sort of Ryobi 18-volt batteries, and it is, it's a 10-inch compound miter saw. Oh, yeah, saw, I've seen that. And it's, it's, it's awesome. Uh, I love that I can move it around. I'm, I, I'm, my workstation is always changing, and I probably won't use a corded, you know, compound miter saw anymore. You know, for the last year, I've been almost only using uh, corded circular saws. The only time I used a corded uh, circular saw was for cutting stone or for something yep. like you know really Takes heavy. I was time. cutting like two inch pieces of stone. Um, yeah angle grinder i still go corded that's what i was gonna say yeah cutting and really heavy grinding i go with the corded angle grinder but if it's just like polishing or buffing something with like a wire brush then i go with the the battery one and that's also sort of a you know it's easy for for me to say because i get i get tools from uh, uh, as from sponsors but Having both of those things, I keep the, the, the battery-powered angle grinder all set up with a wire brush, and then I have the corded one set up with like cutting and grinding wheels. Yeah, that's really smart. Um, that's, that, that was going to be the same thing I said was, I think the only tool that I would prefer corded was the angle grinder, just because it seemed to just kind of, it didn't have quite as much kind of torque whenever I was using it for the turboplane. Um, but it worked the cord, the cord, I keep getting tongue tied. The cordless angle grinder worked great whenever I was welding the Gaga pits and making sure that all my welds were nice and flush. Mm-hmm. It worked great for that. But whenever I was using the turbo plane, I don't know if it didn't have as, as fast RPMs or I don't know if it didn't have quite as much torque, whatever it was. I did notice that the cor- the corded angle grinder worked a little bit better with the turbo plane. Yeah. Um, so with that circular saw, it takes two batteries, right? So it's basically like a combined like thirty six. Yeah, with, with the compound miter saw. You talking about now. the miter saw? Yeah, the miter saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Can it plug into a wall too if it needs it, or is it just strictly nope, batteries? Just two, just two batteries, and you can you can do a ton of cutting. Like you could, if I was building like the, this shed uh, from scratch rather than using a panelized system, like I could probably do all the two by four cuts on you know one set of batteries. I believe it 100% because whenever I built the greenhouse, I used the the small, Ryobi makes a real small, I think it's a 7-inch or 7.5-inch blade mm-hmm. miter saw, but it only takes one battery. And I cut every 2x4 for that entire greenhouse off of a single battery. So oh, wow. the, oh, you use that little that little chop saw. That thing's awesome. That, it's great for trim because like, like, if you're doing like crown molding and stuff like that. It's perfect for 2x4s. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, the the blade is the exact perfect size to be able to cut two by fours and like nothing wider. But it it does great for construction stuff, and it was so nice not having to pull an extension cord because I was probably uh probably like seventy five eighty yards from the the closest oh, wow. outlet in any direction. So yeah, that's that's where I get really that's where I really like because the the electrical circuits in my building are very sensitive. Like I'm always flipping you know, uh, switches in the fuse box. So that's the other reason I like corded is that, you know, it never really, that never really happens. But no, I think I, my guess would be like in the next like five to 10 years, like everything's going to be battery powered with the, maybe the exceptions of like, you know, planer, joiner, 
table saw things that run like off 220 lathe. right yeah but it, like if the tool can move it'll be a battery powered i, I was blown away by that little ryobi palm router that that's an 18 volt router and that's getting like really significant rpms and I used it to route out the the sockets for the the welded table legs that I made. So I, I was removing quite a bit of you know some some pretty heavy duty wood about quarter of an inch deep, and uh, yeah, did it on one one sort of battery charge. In the future, it's all going to be batteries. <laughs> Chris, you're like the you're the corded the corded. I like solar powered tools. No, it's yeah. at Ben's house. No, um, yeah. I Do mean, you I own anything that's cordless? I have a Ryobi <laughs> drill. Oh, nice! Um, and those awesome speakers. Speakers, although Shout out to the sponsors. Um, <laughs> dude, I, I think that might be the only cordless tool I have. And it's not that yeah. I have anything against it. It's just, I mean, it's what I got. I started off with corded stuff. You know, it's usually a little bit cheaper, a little lighter, a little more powerful. I happen to have electricity like all over the place in my garage, so it just made sense. That said, if I were starting over with nothing, I probably would recommend getting cordless because it's probably it's just a little bit more versatile. In you know, you can take it with you in the house. You can go out on the driveway, and not need to worry about a bunch of extension cords. I think there's very few situations where you're going to actually be using something for long enough or need the power to justify needing a cord. So yeah, that's kind of my stance on it. I like it. I like Any it more too. questions? No, we don't, but we do have a hypothetical from the homeboy, Ben. Woo woo. <laughs> uh, okay. This was a, this was a listener submitted one <laughs> and it's, it's kind of simple. <laughs> Would you, would you rather be uglier or dumber? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, why don't you go um, first? Mike, I, I, listen, I think this is going to vary my Mike. age a lot. <laughs> listen, I've got a few more years of being good-looking left in me, and I don't want to squander <laughs> that. Uh, no, I'm kidding. That's, I'm joking. Um, I would, I would rather just not be dumber. Listen. I can say it a million times that, you know, this face is the moneymaker. That's like my go-to <laughs> joke. But, but no, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't want to be any dumber than I am. I don't think I can afford it. <laughs> well, I think the follow-up is how much uglier and how much dumber are we getting? That's true. Yeah. I want to yeah. know that first let's, before I Let's answer. take it like 10 or 10% dumber, right? Ooh, like, so if 10%. you're in and, and, or 10% uglier, right? Okay. Uh, so it's not it's not a game changer, but it's like where do you think like you know where's like that marginal difference like more of a competitive advantage? Right. Ooh. So the way it comes down to the base of the question is: Are you closer to the threshold of ugly or dumb? Yeah. What are you? What do you have a li- that little bit of extra? I think I'm smarter <laughs> than I am pretty probably. That's and true. I'd rather keep it that way, so I'll get uglier. Mike, you're really wow. quick yeah, to you, agree you with agreed that. with that a little bit too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just feel like yeah, you're that a smart is true. guy. You are an ugly oh, piece of crap. <laughs> oh no, you're just a real also, smart guy. Also, I'm already married, so who am I trying I, to impress, right? Yeah, I, that's true. Good I, point. I would answer this question differently at different times. Yeah, and in okay. both ways, like it, it's funny. I actually just went to my 20 year high school reunion uh, this last weekend. Yeah, 20 year <laughs> high school reunion, insane. And what was really interesting was, and I haven't gone to any of the other ones, uh, just because, like, I don't really care. Um, like, I'm still friends. Like, I still keep in touch with a lot of the people I went to high school with. So it's, like, most of the people that I know, like, I, I know what they're doing. Plus, there's, like, social media now, so you kind of know what people are up to. Yeah, that's um, a good point. So, but I, I went, and it was funny, like, 
you know, it, it was actually really fun. It was like, it was done really well. It was just at somebody's house and they had a big deck and about half the kids from my graduating class went there. Oh, wow. And it was interesting to hear that, to, to talk to them. And a lot of them were like, oh, I was so apprehensive coming, right? Oh, yeah. Right. And I think it sort of relates to that question a little bit because we all had these conceptions of, our, of each other at like 17 and 18. And some of us lived up to things and others of us did things that nobody would have expected. Some people like got settled down and had families that used to party a lot. Some people that were always like really conservative and got straight A's like, you know, are like now living a little bit more recklessly and and a little more carefree. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of sort of surprises and things like that. And a lot of people I think were, were very apprehensive or nervous about being judged. But I think what was so cool at a 20-year reunion that I guess would have been different at a 10 is that people are kind of fully formed at, the, at this point. So they, yeah. they still felt self-conscious, but they were also had the real, you know, there was much less judgment. At 10 years, it's probably still a little bit more clicky, like the people that were friends hung out with the people that were friends. At this one, all, all the social groups and things were completely broken down. Everyone was just intermixing with everybody. There was none of that things because we're so far removed from it right so to, to answer the question i think if you know when i was mike's age one i probably thought i was a lot smarter than i was <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i probably would have thought i had a lot of give up uh, some of those points i had a lot of intelligence to spare which now i know isn't the case um and it just means i was hanging around around with people that i was maybe smarter than but didn't mean i was as smart as i needed to be mm-hmm. um so I think back then I probably would have uh, said, I got this all figured out. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, Whereas right. now it's also as I've you know gotten gotten older and less uh, less. I, I never think about it so much in looks, but just more sort of like physically capable. Uh, uh, you know, i already know that that's declining and it's not the end of the world. So I don't really care if that physicality declines anymore. Yeah. Wow. I think I can put a bow on it by saying that. Being uglier is a temporary setback, but being dumb is forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Words I, I would wisdom. definitely definitely go with the ugly. Yeah. Did I go with smart or ugly? I don't remember what I said. I think you <laughs> I don't know. You said I remember your face was the money. Man, maker. I definitely don't need to go with ten percent dumber than <laughs> yeah, that's how bad it is. Oh, I think awesome. you I think you went with keep the smarts. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Pretty sure. Keep the smarts. Cool. That's probably, that's probably the best route. All right. So, Ben. Oh, before we go into what we're currently obsessed with, I uh, want to give another plug to the Workbench Conference, uh, which all of you guys, uh, the listeners, should come to. Uh, tickets, I think, are on their way to being sold out, so you got to move quickly. And, uh, yeah, uh, all three of us are going to be at this thing. It's going to be awesome. We'll be hanging out, like, all weekend. Uh, there'll be some classes that uh, we'll be teaching about sort of different types of making and design stuff and also sort of content production, how to get sponsors and all that. Uh, Jimmy DeResta is going to be there, a whole bunch of other awesome people in our sort of maker and YouTube sort of space. Um, There'll also be a lot of really cool demos and stuff where you can try out different tools and technologies and things like that. So Check it out. It's called WorkbenchCon. Uh, you can. There's a link in our uh, the bio of our Instagram page. So go to the Modern Maker Podcast Instagram account. Click on the link in the bio and sign up. And uh, it's early 2018, but uh, come hang out with the the three of us. Yeah, yeah it'll be a lot of fun. fun. I'm looking forward to meeting the people, okay, pressing cur- the flesh. 
current Chris is ob- a real man of the people, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Cur- current obsession is going to be the this upcoming weekend. Oh. And I want to see if you're going to say what I'm going to say. Yeah, the Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather yeah. fight, which I am super pumped to watch. And I'm going to be yeah. watching it with you guys. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, the, uh, this upcoming Saturday, while hopefully all of you guys are downloading the weekend show. Uh, which is going to be exciting. We're going to be in Vegas. <laughs> no. No, uh, no, 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 no. Me, uh, Mike, and Chris will all be hanging out uh, in uh, sunny Santa Barbara. Uh, I'll be picking Mike up from the airport. We'll be getting into some sort of you know post-birthday shenanigans, uh, and we're going to spend a weekend of sort of building stuff and watching human violence, which is yeah. which is pretty awesome. So, a what do you guys? Of my picks. favorite things. Oh, Floyd's. I think yeah. Connor's going to. I think Connor's going to do well considering he's not a boxer. But I think Floyd. Floyd will look old in the beginning and then pick him apart later. And I think Floyd wins by decision. Yeah, probably. by decision. Yeah, I mean, wow. that's the most likely outcome, but how, now how much do you want to see Connor win? Oh, so much. So <laughs> oh, much. So much. It's, yes. it's pretty easy to, to root against the guy that's been commit, uh, convicted multiple times for domestic violence. Yeah, that is a pretty Strong easy point. sell. Strong point. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, What's yeah. your bet, Chris? Uh, the, the smart money is exactly what Ben just said, but I'll give, a, I'll give Connor a... Uh, Twelve mm, percent chance. <laughs> wow! I just did the math real quick in my head. Generous guy over here. <laughs> I think it could happen, man. You, you know, you always no. It could definitely happen. And- I mean, the only way I think it happens is if he gets like if he lands a hit that does a lot of damage. Yeah, he's got to be unorthodox. He's got to not go in there imitating a boxer. He's got to go in there doing his thing. Yeah, but in an MMA ring, in like in an octagon, McGregor, ten times out of ten. But I don't think that's any question for anybody. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think it's just going to be hugely entertaining because I think even if like, like whatever Connor's going to do, it's going to be. He's probably got like two or three game plans of just weird, unpredictable stuff that he's going to pull out, and it's going to. Both those guys are they know how to put on the show, although Floyd normally in the ring is pretty boring. Um, Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm I'm. I'm pumped. Uh, it's 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 going to be a pretty interesting weekend because a, a bunch of my high school sort of meathead buddies are going to be there. They're going to help us sort of drag that stump out of that hole. Uh, oh, sweet! So there's going to be like <laughs> woodworking, barbecuing. It's just uh, all man stuff. Like violent. It's going to be the manliest no. weekend. I'm pumped. It, it, it's going to be a blast. Nobody I'm, shave. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone keep their beards going. All yeah. right. So. Uh, Keep an eye on the moder. Actually, maybe we'll uh, we'll live stream some live Instagram. Uh, oh, yeah. You call the fight this live. Weekend. So <laughs> if you want to cool see idea. all the shenanigans that we're getting into this weekend, make sure you're subscribed to and following the Modern Maker podcast on Instagram. Uh, this will be the first time all three of us have met. Yeah. So Wait, have and- you guys met before? Nope. No. Oh, wow. So none of us have met. Man, I hope we don't just hate each other. Like, yeah. we all three get in the room and she's smell. like, I don't know what it is about <laughs> this guy, but he just, he's the worst. Drinks will be drunk, uh, boards will be cut, and uh, probably, like, red meat will be eaten. <laughs> I love that, man. <laughs> but, but no Applebee's. Oh. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> so maybe some appetizers. Yeah, yeah, Chris, what are you obsessed with? I, well, I wrote other down than the fight, Other than the fight. Okay, uh, the fight. I mean, that's all. 
it's like an American holiday. If you want to cop out and just say the fight is fine. The fight. Yeah. Great. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Mike? Um, I'm obsessed with my pocket hole jig. I've been using it so much. And I, I, I started messing around a while back. I needed to buy more drill bits for my pocket hole jig. And I realized it cost just a couple extra bucks to get the pocket hole junior instead of just a pack of, a pack of bits. Uh-huh. So I got that little, the, the small one, and I've been messing around with it. And it's not as inconvenient as I would have expected. It's the one that it's just one single pocket hole that you drill. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you just clamp it to the workpiece. It was really cool. I know they make it more for like home renovation type stuff, but I'm going to see if I can't figure out how to work that into a project some way cool. You know what I'm obsessed with? I thought of something. All right, let's hear it. These little rubber nubs that go on your headphones. I, <laughs> I went on Amazon and bought like 50 of these things. Oh, yeah? Because I always look big. lose them you and got, rip them. You got them. large ears, I got man. some lobes on me, baby. No, um, <laughs> no, these are the mediums, and those oh, are the okay. only ones that are good. They, make, they give you the large and the smallest things are worthless. Yeah, they're they're way too extreme. And too many times, too many times did I go and buy another set of earbuds because all I needed was the little plastic nub things. I said, you know what? Not anymore. I'm going on Amazon and I'm buying fifty pack of nubs. <laughs> He's nubs. the nub guy now. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Well y'all guys y'all got anything else for this episode? Can I send it to the closing? Send it nope. to the closing. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a lot of fun for us. Hopefully it was a lot of fun for you. If you are not already subscribed to us on Instagram, even though that's not the proper lingo, go do that. If you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, go do that. Who knows? We might put up a video with a new challenge. While ooh, guys, while we're down there, we need to come up with what the next challenge is, and we'll 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 do the like intro to the challenge. We'll figure it out this weekend. There you go. We'll figure it out. So go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go subscribe to us on Instagram. And uh, yeah, have a great rest of your week. We've got a really interesting weekend show. Ben is interviewing a relatively interesting guy. So stay tuned to that. And <laughs> relative to us. I said relative. I don't know why I said that. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Later. Later.